Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This current series of messages is on the book of Acts, showing its relevance for today as a pattern book for the operation of the Holy Spirit through the church. Be sure also to get a copy of Kevin's commentary on the book of Acts. Visit kevinconnor.org for details. And the uh, title of the book that we have here in uh, KJV is called The Acts of the Apostles. We'll comment on that in a moment here. All right, so in verse 1 we're told, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, you have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts tonight. As uh, tonight we are going to sort of lay our foundations for our series together in the uh, book of Acts and uh, just depend upon the Lord to help us here. I just want to sort of just work through a simple outline here, uh, just, uh, which will be sort of a foundation upon which we're going to be building the uh, subsequent sessions. Um, many today in the, just the church as a whole, when they uh, come to the book of Acts, they look at the book of Acts and say, you cannot uh, take any doctrine from the book of Acts, and that the book of Acts was simply a book of transition from the, uh, from the Lord Jesus Christ and right to the early church and that the things that took place in the book of Acts like the signs and wonders that were done in the name of Jesus, the miracles, uh, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues and uh, these various supernatural things that took place in the book of Acts the general teaching in many churches, sorry to say, is that this is just a transitional book and that those things were never meant to be continued through the church history, that Jesus just did those things to sort of get the church going and get into orbit and then he withdrew all those uh, supernatural things. How many would disagree heartily with that? Amen. Amen. So we believe that the book of Acts is still being written today. All right, so I want us just to work through the little framework I've got here. And uh, if you're taking down notes here, I recommend that you just take uh, uh, just one thing at a time. In fact, just before we, uh, we start there, I'd like you to turn back to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And a scripture which is so uh, familiar to us here, Acts chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 16. Verse 
Now, in Matthew chapter 16, uh, we'll just read from verses uh, 17 through to 19. And Simon Peter, or Jesus answered and said unto him, that's to Simon Peter, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell, or gates of Hades, shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you will loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, the, uh, the relationship between the Gospel of Matthew and the book of Acts is this, that back in the Gospel of Matthew, there we see Jesus uh, actually giving a promise and a prophecy that he would build his church and that he would give to Peter the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever he bound on earth would be bound in heaven and whatever he loosed on earth would be loosed in heaven. And the Amplified brings it out this way, that whatever is already loosed in heaven will be loosed on earth and whatever is already bound in heaven uh, will be bound on earth that's the thought we have here now so in the in the gospels we see jesus promising to build his church and in the book of acts we see the lord beginning to build that church so this is the relationship between the the gospels and the and the book of acts and so uh, I believe that the book of Acts is not just a transitional book, it's a very important book, and uh, uh, the major doctrine of the book is the doctrine of the Holy Spirit and the uh, moving of the Holy Spirit throughout the church. All right, now I want to work through this outline, and just, uh, as I said, this will be a sort of foundation class to what we'll be uh, sharing through the, uh, the series together. All right, first of all, we have the title of the book, and just in our regular Bibles, we have the Acts of the Apostles. Uh, several other titles have been suggested, and that is the Acts of the Ascended and Risen Lord. So not just the Acts of the Apostles, as we'll see, but the Acts of the Ascended and Risen Lord. The Lord has gone back to the Father. He's gone back to, back to heaven. And so these are really the Acts of the Risen and Ascended Lord. In fact, verse 1, as we read, uh, uh, Luke says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. So he began to do and to teach in the Gospels, but he continues to do and teach in the book of Acts. So that very first verse is uh, sort of a key verse there. So all that Jesus began to do and teach. So he began to do and to teach in the Gospels, but he continues to do and to teach uh, in the book of Acts. In the Gospels, it's Jesus on earth. In the book of Acts, it's Jesus in heaven. But it's still the same Lord continuing to do and continuing to teach. Also, a couple of other titles for the book. It's been uh, called the Gospel of the Resurrection because Jesus has been raised from the dead, showed himself alive by many infallible proofs, so it's been referred to as the Gospel of the Resurrection. And then another uh, excellent title for the book is it's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Not just the Acts of the Apostles, but the Acts of the Holy Spirit. And someone else has also called it the Gospel of the Holy Spirit. So the title, a good title, would be the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles. All right, number two, we have the divine author. And as always, uh, the author of all Scripture is the Holy Spirit. In fact, uh, what does uh, uh, Paul say to Timothy? That all Scripture is given by inspiration of God... How many believe that the book of Acts is part of all Scripture? Amen. So all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's inspired as God breathed, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished 
unto all good works. So all scripture, so the book of Acts is part of all scripture, so the divine author is the Holy Spirit. All right, number three here, the human writer is Luke himself. And uh, we have two books in the New Testament uh, written by Luke, the Gospel of Luke, according uh, the Gospel according to his name there, the Gospel of Luke, and also the uh, book of Acts. And this is why he says, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, referring to the Gospel uh, under his name, the, uh, the book of Luke. Um, I want just to put on the overhead here uh, the sort of uh, distinction between the two books here, just on this, uh, this uh, on the human writer here, very, very interesting contrast here. Okay, so in the comparison of the Gospels here, and find the pencil here. So in the in the Gospels, we said uh, we have the promise and prophecy that Jesus said, "I'll build my church." And in Matthew chapter 16, we have the church universal. Matthew chapter 18, we have the church local. And then Jesus said, "Upon this rock, I'll build my church. I'll give you the keys of the kingdom." Now, when we come to the book of Acts after the death, burial, and resurrection, and ascension and glorification of the Lord Jesus, we see the fulfilment and the establishment. So in the Gospels. He uh, said, I'll, I promised to build my church. It was a prophecy. And in the book of Acts, we see the fulfillment where he starts to build the church. The Lord added to the church. Uh, so here I will build my church. In the book of Acts, we see the church being built. And in the book of Acts, we see what was seeded in Matthew 16 and Matthew 18. It was in seed form. So the Gospels is sort of the seed form. In fact, if we took... Um, one of the parables of the kingdom where Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like unto seed which a man casts in the ground and he says first the blade then the ear then the full corn in the ear that's that's sort of a principle that's outworked in the building of the church because in the gospels we have first the blade the promise the, the promise the prophecy in the beginning the beginning and then in the book of acts we have the ear so as the church is coming to birth and then we, when we get to the epistles, we have the full corn in the ear. So there's a sort of progressive revelation of the church in the, in the whole of the New Testament. The prophecy in the Gospels and in the Acts, uh, the church being built. And then in the epistles, we have the full revelation. In other words, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. Then in the uh, Gospels, Jesus said to Peter, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. And so in the book of Acts we see Peter, as we develop our theme here, we'll see Peter using those keys, first of all to 3,000 Jews on the day of Pentecost, and using the keys of the kingdom, and then later on to the Gentiles, he uses the same keys of the kingdom, and the Gentiles come in. So Peter's the one that's used in that distinctive ministry. Now, let's go to the two books that Luke wrote, the Gospel of Luke, according to his name here, and then the book of Acts written by Luke. Now, Here's the difference here, and uh, let me just uh, read from Acts chapter 1 again. So he says, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. And then in verse 9, when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now, the difference between the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, the two books that uh, Luke wrote, wrote is this, that in the Gospel we see Christ coming from the Father. In fact, let's turn over to uh, John's Gospel just for a moment here on this point here. John's Gospel, chapter, uh, chapter 16.
John's Gospel, chapter 16, I think it is. And verse uh, 28, John chapter 16 and verse 28. And listen to what Jesus said about the cycle of the, the Father's will. I refer to this as the cycle of the Father's will. So in verse 28 he says, I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again I leave the world and go to the Father. So here's the cycle. So I came forth from the Father so he came forth from the Father and came into the world by incarnation, by the virgin birth. Then after he completes his ministry and death, burial and resurrection, again I leave the world by the ascension and I go back to the Father. So that's the whole thought that we have here with Luke's two books here. In the Gospel of Luke we see Christ coming from the Father. In the book of Acts we see Christ returning to the Father. In uh, the Gospel of Luke we see he descends from heaven to earth and in the book of Acts, we see Jesus ascends from earth to heaven. In the Gospel of Luke, uh, his ministry begins. Jesus began to do and teach. In the book of Acts, we see his ministry continues. In the Gospel of Luke, we have Christ's crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. But in the book of Acts, we have Christ's glorification, exaltation, and ascended life. In the Gospel of Luke, we see the finished work of the cross, but in the book of Acts we see his continued work from the throne. And then the Gospel of Luke covers the life of Christ from his virgin birth to his ascension. And the book of Acts really covers from the ascension right through the second coming. It's a very interesting thing that the book, of Acts ha uh, the book of Acts has no amen to it. Because the book of Acts is not yet finished. We only have about so many chapters in the book of Acts, 28 chapters, but the book of Acts is still being written. How many are glad for that? And when we get to glory, say, I'd like to pick up the book of Acts where Paul left off in Rome. And we'll see the acts of the Holy Spirit throughout the different nations of earth, as in every nation, kindred, tongue, tribe, and nation, the acts of the Holy Spirit are still continuing. So the book of Acts has no amen to it. All right, and then uh, in the Gospel of Luke, we see Christ after the flesh, and in the book of Acts we see the Christ after the Spirit. So that just gives you a good contrast between the two books that uh, Luke wrote. All right, continuing on our outline here, the position of the book, uh, very important. The position of the book simply is it comes after the Gospels and between the Epistles. So it's not just a transition book. It's, as I said before, it's first the blade, and then the ear, then the full corn. So the book of Acts is placed in its right position. Actually, it's the last of the historical books of the New Testament. The four Gospels, historical uh, life of Christ on earth. And the book of Acts is the history of the church, which is his body. And then we move into the epistles, which is the revelation of the church and church order and so many other things there. So it's position, it's just in the right position there. Uh, the Gospels, then the book of Acts, and then the, uh, then the epistles itself. Then number five, we come to the scope of the book, and uh, under the scope, um, let's turn to John's Gospel, chapter 21 here, John's Gospel, chapter 21. Uh, John, chapter 21, and listen to what he says in verse 25. 
And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which if they should be written, every one of them, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. And that's very applicable to the, uh, the book of Acts because in the book of Acts we, we are covering actually about, uh, the, the, the Gospels cover about 30 years of Jesus' ministry or from his birth right through to his uh, uh, resurrection. And then the book of Acts covers about 35 years, 32 to 35 years uh, through to the uh, shipwreck and then Paul being taken to Rome. And so uh, all, all Luke does is just sort of take uh, sketches uh, covering about 35 years, just uh, sketches from here and sketches from here as the gospel is, uh, is proclaimed uh, beginning at Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria. So the whole scope of the book covers about 35 years and just uh, he's just hitting high spots. Some chapters you'll find that there's eight years or ten years between chapters of events but sometimes we read the book of Acts and things it's just a continuous thing. Now it's over a period of time and uh, as I said over about 35 years. So that covers the scope of the book. All right, number six, uh, every time I read the book of Acts, and I'm sure we all feel this way, I think the book of Acts is a great challenge. I think it's a great challenge to the church today. How many could say amen to that? Yeah. Great challenge to the church to get back to the book of Acts and what it was in the beginning as we were sharing uh, in Principles of Church Life class. Uh, this is the foundation of the church. And so many churches and denominations as a whole have drifted away from this book. And because there's a mentality that this book is just a transition book and a lot of it's not for today, tongues are not for today, healing's not for today, miracles and signs and wonders, they're not for today. That that's all been done away with now that the New Testament canon of Scripture is completed. We don't need those things. And so the church as a whole has so drifted away from this book. Whereas I believe the book of Acts is still a challenge to us today to get back to the acts of the Holy Spirit and more because we're still living in the prophecy of Joel where Joel said in the last days I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh so we're still living in those days God is still pouring out his spirit on all flesh can we say amen and that uh, I believe the church has been robbed by ultra dispensationalism by saying well the book of Acts is a transition book that's not for today this is not for today and as I've mentioned on previous occasions we have created in the church and I'm talking this in the church generally we've created in the church a lot of unbelieving believers I believe this but I don't believe this I believe this is for today that's not for today and so we have to get off of the um, <coughs> pardon me I got the same thing as you <laughs> we have to get off what I call the ground of unbelief back onto the ground of faith and uh, I'm glad here though we haven't got it all uh, we're, we're on the ground of faith we have to go from faith to faith and say Lord, help, Lord, Lord I believe help my unbelief and to get rid of the unbelief that's been put in us over the years and as I've said before you know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God but the same word of God that can create faith in us can also create unbelief in us by those statements well this is not for today that's not for today that's for the Jews uh, if, you, if the Jews don't want it dump it in the millennium anything you don't like give it to the Jews dump it in the millennium you know so those type of things create unbelief in us and the Lord has to get rid of that unbelief and bring us to the ground of faith and so I believe that's one of the biggest challenges that we have uh, as we look at the book of Acts all right now number seven here the key verse 
And I think we all should know the key verse. It's in verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So that's the key verse. That's the, the, the whole key. In fact, uh, it's sort of really the outline of the book too, which I've got here, the general outline. Uh, so the key is receiving power, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. And as we'll see later on, there's about 50 references to the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit was able to speak. The Spirit said. The Spirit directed their prayers. Spirit directed the evangelism. The Spirit directed in the choosing of deacons and elders and the whole of the ministry of the, uh, of the early church. It was the acts of the apostles and the acts of the Holy Spirit through the apostles. So that's the key verse. Now, let's uh, just look at the outline here, and the outline is very simple. I haven't got any chalk, so I'll just have to say it. You'll notice the progression here in verse, uh, verse 8, and uh, as you take this as the key verse, you'll find this is how the book unfolds. Uh, the fourfold order there. So Jesus said, You receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both Number one in Jerusalem, number two in Judea, and number three in Samaria, and number four unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Now that's exactly how the book unfolds. So if you are taking notes down here, uh, Acts chapter, uh, let's see, one and two basically are ministry in Jerusalem. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem. And then when you get to Acts chapter uh, one through to seven, like chapter three onwards, through to seven pretty well. You'll see the ministry of the apostles in Judea. So the gospel begins in Jerusalem as the sort of home circle. Then it be, uh, spreads to Judea, Acts chapter three through to seven. And then in Acts chapter eight through to 10, it goes to Samaria when Philip and then Peter and John go to Samaria. And then from Acts chapter 11 particularly and Acts 13 on to 28, from the church at Antioch really, uh, the gospel spreads to the uttermost parts of the then known world. So that's sort of the whole order of the book. Jerusalem, and then Judea, and then Samaria, and then the uttermost part of the earth. So that's the, that's the uh, whole order of the book. That's really the key, the key verse of the book. Now, just for our last few moments here, I want you to turn over to Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. And I want to pick up on, uh, let's see, we'll pick up in verse, um, we'll pick up in verse 6, I think, just to break into the uh, context here. And uh, the situation that we're dealing with here in Galatians is the problem, apparent problem between Peter and Paul. That's what I want to pick up here on this last part here. Uh, Peter and Paul. And uh, in verse uh, 6 it says, But of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, maketh no matter to me, God accepts, accepteth no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in confidence added nothing to me. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, 
For he that wrought effectually in Peter to the apostle of the circumcision, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. And when James, uh, Cephas, and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me the, and Barnabas the right hands of fellowship, instead of the left foot of fellowship, uh, that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. All right, so the whole thing concerns Peter and Paul there. Now let's go over to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 3. Just want to read some verses here before we comment. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, we'll pick up in verse 6, or verse 4, first of all. All right, 1 Corinthians 3, verse uh, 4. For while one saith, I am a Paul, and another, I am a Paula, of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord uh, gave to every man. I have planted, Apollos watered, but it's God that gives the increase. So then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planteth, and he that watereth are one, and every one, every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labour. Now go down to verse 21. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, and ye are Christ, and Christ is God. God uh, Christ is God's. Now, let's just come back here, and I want to take these scriptures. Now, as we look at the book of Acts, so what we've worked through tonight, just in sort of laying foundation, title, Acts of the Holy Spirit, the divine author, the Holy Spirit himself, the human writer is Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, position of the book, just between the Gospels and the Epistles, uh, the history of the birth of the early church, the scope still being written, and yet back there covering about 35 years, the challenge, let's get back to the book of Acts because we're still living in the days of the Holy Spirit when God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh. The key verse, receiving power after the Holy Spirit is coming upon you, then general outline beginning in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost part of the earth, just in that order. That's how the book unfolds. Now, the interesting thing about the book is this. Though it's referred to as the Acts of the Apostles, there are only two major apostles dealt with in the book. And the whole book centers about these two apostles, Peter and Paul. So if we want to have another simple outline of the book, we would have, and I'm sorry I haven't got uh, chalk tonight. I thought I did have cleaned the board and didn't bring any chalk. <laughs> uh, Acts chapter 1 through to 12 deals with Peter, the apostle, his ministry. And then Acts chapter 13 right through to 28 deals with the apostle Paul and his ministry. So if we're going to say the Acts of the Apostles, none of the other apostles after the day of Pentecost are virtually mentioned. The two major apostles are Peter and Paul. And we see many times conflict between Peter and Paul. And yet I believe, as Paul is saying here, that, uh, well, who's Paul? Who's Peter? Who's Apollos? These are just ministries that the Lord sets in, in the church. And we need both Peter and Paul. And you know what I believe the head of the church did? And uh, this, what I'm putting on the overhead here as we wrap up, is... Uh, <laughs> thank you. It's, uh, 
a little bit uh, late now, but thank you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> poking holes in the air. Uh, I, I believe the head of the church purposely did what I'm going to put on the overhead, which is in the textbook actually, but he, I believe the head of the church purposely did that so that Peter, uh, people wouldn't exalt Peter against Paul or exalt Paul against Peter. So just listen to it. I'll just verbalize it, but listen to what the Lord Jesus did, which I think is a very remarkable thing. So we have the Apostle Peter, Acts chapters 1 through to 12. Okay, so if we did put it down this way, we'd be uh, putting Peter here. What we've got there, Acts chapters 1 through to 12, and then we'd be putting Paul over here, and Acts chapter 13 through to 28. So that's, uh, that's, that's how the book is basically divided. And because of the conflict between Peter and Paul, this is what the head of the church does. And that's why Paul could say, uh, I, come behind in no, uh, I come behind in none of the apostles. Though I'm the, the least of the apostles, yet I'm, I'm, I'm behind in none of them. So listen to what Jesus did here. So Peter becomes the apostle to the circumcision, to the Jews. That's what Galatians shows. And Paul becomes the apostle to the Gentiles, the uncircumcision. Peter and Paul are both foundation ministries. Both of them receive apostolic revelation to the church. Uh, Peter goes to the Jew first. Paul goes to the synagogues first, then Peter is sent to the Gentiles, Paul is sent to the Gentiles, uh, Peter lays hands on the Samaritans for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and Paul lays hands on the Ephesians, uh, both Gentile groupings uh, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Peter heals a lame man, Paul heals a lame man. Uh, Peter raised a person from the dead, Paul raised somebody from the dead. Uh, Peter has signs and wonders, Paul has signs and wonders. Peter deals with a sorcerer. Paul deals with a sorcerer. Peter is a witness before the Sanhedrin and Paul witness before the Sanhedrin. Also, uh, Peter, we have seven recorded addresses of Peter in Acts. We have seven recorded addresses of Paul in Acts. Uh, Peter established local churches in Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria and Paul established uh, many local churches out from Antioch uh, and on through the regions there. Uh, Peter was in prison for witnessing. Uh, Paul was in prison for witnessing. Uh, there was a little difference here. Peter had an angel of the Lord deliver him from prison, but uh, Paul had an earthquake. The angel of the Lord sent an earthquake. How many think God is a respecter of persons and he does have favorites? Not quite. Okay, uh, Peter was arrested in the temple. And Paul was arrested in the temple. Peter's chains fell off. Paul's chains fell off. Uh, Peter, he, he was a man of heavenly visions. And Paul was a man of heavenly visions. Both Peter and Paul both experienced religious and political opposition. I think they probably went through this outline and say, How'd you get on? Yeah, I was stoned. Well, I had an angel rescue me out of prison. Yeah, well, I had an angel bust my prison up, give an earthquake when we said amen. And then, uh, well, I had a shipwreck. Well, I had a shipwreck. Yeah, but I walked on water. You didn't. Uh, you weren't believing God. Uh, yeah, and you went to the Samaritans, and you wouldn't eat pork with the Jews. Well, I went to the Gentiles. I had pork and crayfish and crab, and I just blessed it and called it kosher. Uh, I think Peter and Paul are having a wonderful time up in heaven. 
But how many see what the head of the church did? Because you see, the church is not built upon Peter, but upon the one that Peter confessed. And Paul said, I have laid the foundation that everybody else build thereon. So if we're going to say the Acts of the Apostles, it's really two major apostles, Peter the Apostle to the circumcision to the Jews, and Paul the Apostle to the Gentiles, the uncircumcision, and both needed special grace for their particular type of ministry. Thank God for Peter, thank God for Paul. I appreciate both. What I like about Peter as we finish here is when Peter writes his epistles, he never knows where the Old Testament reference is, and so whenever he quotes an Old Testament scripture, he says it is contained in the scripture. <laughs> but when Paul writes his epistles, he says it is written in the second psalm. How many like Peter? How many like Paul? I like them both. Let's uh, close in prayer. Father, we just thank you again for your inexhaustible and wonderful word. And Lord, as we just have laid foundations for this exciting book, we pray uh, that the author of the book, the divine author of the Holy Spirit inspired the book, will just uh, give us all a fresh excitement, a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit uh, as we, we, we study through this book together. And Lord, it's our desire to get back to all that you established in the church and more. Thank you, Lord, that we're still living in the days of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on all flesh and that this book is still being written. And may it continue, may Waverley Christian Fellowship have some chapters that we can put in this book too, so that in that time when we gather together before your throne, we'll rejoice together uh, with everyone out of every kindred, tongue, tribe and nation as we refer again to the acts of the Holy Spirit throughout the world. Continue to build your church, Lord, and make it strong and make us strong for your glory. We ask it in the precious name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. God bless you. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books and his ministry.